0: To another edition of the Gazette Fat Checker podcast. I'm John Steppy, the Gazette's business reporter.
1: I'm Erin Jordan, I'm an investigative reporter for the Gazette.
2: I'm Michaela Ram, I'm
3: the Gazette's healthcare reporter. I'm Marissa Payne, I'm the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government
0: reporter. And we have an interesting check here to talk about this week. So, funding for the Iowa Department of Corrections has seen quite a bit of a spotlight since the murders of two Anamosa state penitentiary employees back on March 23rd. And among those people to criticize Governor Kim Reynolds over prison funding for this is State Auditor Rob Sand. Now, it's, of course, important to note that Rob Sand told the Times-Herald on May 27th that he is considering a run for governor in 2022 he was considering governor or Senate before. Now he's saying that he's considering either, either governor or returning to state auditor. So back on May 28th, San tweeted, quote, dozens of correctional officers sent to hospital over the last five years due to assault on the job, zero dollars. He then said a few threats and some protesters on the governor's lawn, $400,000 with a link to a KCRG article about the state paying $400,000 for a fence around the Terrace Hill mansion where the governor, Kim Reynolds, resides in Des Moines. And then faced a little bit of pushback right away from that, and he did clarify later on that day in a tweet that the zero dollars is, quote, focused on years of violence leading up to now that saw no action. And then he continued in a third tweet, Quote, no one would read this tweet and think I was saying DOC doesn't exist or is costless. I'm saying the violence saw no meaningful response. So quite a few aspects of that for us to unpack. So let's first take a look at whether the dozens of Department of Corrections officers have been hospitalized in the last five years, as he said right at the beginning. So Sand pointed the fact checker to data showing attacks on Department of Corrections staff since 2017. The spreadsheet showed 41 cases of staff assaults and one case of murder. Now, looking specifically at whether that means hospitalizations, even just looking at the 18 incidents to happen in 2020 or 2021 so far, so just a fraction of the five-year time frame that he gave, 14 of them involved treatment from a hospital. Now you can kind of go back and forth between whether to include a 15th. It said a local medical provider. Now that could mean a hospital, maybe that means somebody else, but either way, even in just the about year and a half, there has been I mean more than a dozen of them. Now of course it is worth noting that Iowa does contract out workers' comp. So it's likely that these cases of staph assaults that resulted in hospitalizations, the state did cover the cost for. Now, regardless of whether you count that main local medical provider as in that hospital number, we have kind of a pretty clear case here that there have been more than a dozen hospitalizations. So I was thinking for this part of the claim that we'd give this an A, but I'm interested in hearing the team's thoughts on this.
2: Yeah, I would agree with yeah. I think it is abundantly clear that that specific number is correct. Um, and I also just want to take a moment and like appreciate that you pointed out that Sand has expressed interest in running for governor because I do think making statements like this kind of has a little more weight to it. Um, so yeah, in in terms of the the number of hospitalizations, I agree. But curious what Erin has to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've. Um when the prison assault happened in march i remember going through a year's worth of news releases from the department of corrections and tabulating all the assaults that had occurred and of course we'd read written about them usually but briefs you know in the past but when you all when you put them all in one place it does become very clear that this happens you know um and i guess it, it shouldn't be surprising given how many people are incarcerated in iowa's system right now i think it's something like 7500 um offenders and um you know and and they some of them are are pretty rough characters you know and and they're they're being contained right now in a more restrictive environment than um in the past because of covid so that could cause tempers to flare even more so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that grade,
0: Marissa. What do you think about this part?
3: Yeah, I mean, since there's data showing 41, um, that seems like a pretty straightforward um, text. Textbook A, as John always likes to say, since it is dozens. my
0: signature line. There, yeah. So then, moving on to the second part, which is a little more complicated. Um, about now looking at that $0 number that was next to the dozens of hospitalizations. So Sand referred the fact checker to a 2017 amendment that eliminated the requirement for the Department of Corrections to negotiate with labor for health and safety matters. Now, he argued that the lack of negotiating requirement means less than $0 right off the bat on those health and safety matters. Now, not having the requirement doesn't necessarily mean less of the department's budget went to that area. Now, Stand also referred the Gazette to, or to the fact checker team, I should say, to an April 9th Gazette article, um, actually by Aaron, um, about Iowa OSHA citing the Iowa Department of Corrections for workplace safety violations including a lack of reliable radios for officers to use during a violent attack. And the citation reads, the employer has failed to provide an adequate and reliable means of communication for employees to summon assistance during violent attacks or calls for emergency aid. And then he also pointed to a May 7th article in the Des Moines Register showing prison staffing levels were near 30-plus year lows before those animosa killings. And the investigation laid out pretty clear, quote, two decades of budget cuts left the people who guard Iowa's prisons understaffed and overwhelmed by a growing prison population, end quote. Now, it's worth noting that the Iowa House passed a bill, though, for $20 million and a budget increase for the corrections department, on May 17th, 11 days before Sands' tweets. And then the bill passed the next day from the or in the Iowa Senate, so that would be 10 days before. Now, Reynolds did not sign the bill until June 8th, but with a Republican governor and two Republican-led chambers in the legislature, there wasn't really any reason to believe that this wouldn't eventually go on to become law. And you may be wondering, okay, how much of that specifically goes to possible safety things? Well, according to another past Gazette article, the agency said last week that $10 million of the increase will go to filling staff vacancies, which you could argue would make things more safe when you have more staffing. And other funding will go to security upgrades, including more cameras, which you could also make the argument... Makes things more safe for security. Now, looking in terms of overall budget for the last five years, the department's budget increased from the three hundred eighty-three point five million dollars in July twenty fifteen, the beginning of the twenty sixteen fiscal year, to thirty eight three hundred eighty-seven point two million in the 2021 fiscal year budget. Now, of course, fiscal years operate from July to June instead of by the typical calendar year. So then when accounting for that change from the 383.5 in the 2016 fiscal year versus the now the $387.2 million in the 2021 fiscal year, that sounds like an increase but then when you account for inflation it actually is a decrease because that number would have been in july 2020 dollars 416.4 million dollars so overall there were indications of insufficient funding leading up to animosa prison attack that resulted in the deaths of the two employees Now, you could say, though, that giving that $0 number right after an upgrade of $20 million is rather misleading. So I right now am at a D, but considering that over the five-year fiscal year trend that that did decrease overall in budget, I could see a case for a C. So I'm interested in hearing what the team thinks on this.
1: I I think that... I, I have to think that what Sand meant by this was before the inmate, before um, uh, Woodard and Dutcher were accused of uh, bludgeoning to death um, Lorena Schulte and Robert McFarland on March 23rd, that that there had not been a significant investment in security and health at the prisons, despite all the past assaults but you know in twitter you i guess can't say all that so you make something like pithy and 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 that kind of thing but i think that he really missed the the um missed the mark with this tweet and i think that it is quite a bit more false i don't know i i think i'd go with a d is my opinion
0: that's a great point about the tweet and you kind of have to be to the point in that
3: yeah i agree with the because I mean 20 million and zero dollars is quite a big jump to make um, but it is helpful to have all that context in there about you know the changes with inflation and um, just about the kind of insufficient funding um, for the Department of Corrections uh, but yeah I agree with the D.
2: Yeah, no, I would agree with all that. Like to Aaron's point, you know, I think him trying to to make that point um, really didn't translate well. When just like the data speaks for itself, like we were at thirty-year lows in terms of overwhelmed staff in in a prison system that was already very crowded, um, and that is a huge safety issue. So I, you know, it, it it's unfortunate that that he tried to use that zero-dollar figure to make a point because um, it really did miss the mark. Um, yeah I would support a D in that you know because i I do think there is an argument for you know there hasn't been a huge budget increase to meet those kind of needs, but at the same time it's still mostly false i I wouldn't I don't think it goes to an f just because it's literally false right It's mm-hmm. kind of it sounds like what the team's going with
0: yeah, and part of the reason why I was kind of hesitant to give that f is that some of the kind of overall points that he was trying to make with that tweet even though he certainly did not phrase that in a very accurate well I mean zero dollars that just flat out is inaccurate but there is a case to be made that there was insufficient funding and that if you look at the overall budgets that there really wasn't an increase when accounting for inflation in that overall budget but when I mean, less than two weeks earlier, there were headlines in I mean, I'm assuming every major Iowa news outlet ran stories about it that there is a twenty million dollar increase to the budget. Zero dollars and twenty million are certainly quite a bit different. I would much rather have twenty million dollars to spend than zero dollars to spend.
2: Yeah. And there certainly is an argument that the twenty million budget increase, who knows if that would have come, like you said, if those headlines weren't weren't making the rounds.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like I think you hear in in the news that you hear in news cycles just um um, uh, that, that, you know, like nothing changes until somebody dies, you know, that's kind of a blunt way to say it, but, you know, you think about changes that have happened sometimes after school shootings or, or things like that, um, that sometimes it takes something so horrifying for, for change to happen. And in this case, um, what happened in, you know, in March was, um, enough to kind of push people to, to provide that additional funding.
0: So it sounds like we're all in a consensus here on a D as opposed to a C or an F on part two of this kind of three-part claim. Yep. So then moving on to part three um, about the few threats and some protesters at Terrace Hill leading to that 400,000 number that is in the article that he tweeted. Um, the Register did report on April 23rd that repeated threats was the terminology they used, led to the decision to build that fence. So a spokesman for the Iowa State Patrol told the Register that death threats directed toward Reynolds had increased, death threats and threats of violence in general over the last year, but did not provide specific numbers. So it is safe to say, though, that there were multiple threats, so few in some, which obviously have some ambiguity in there are true statements there and it's also worth noting that sand pointed to previously published emails about the fence that show conversations of this going back to august 2020 which is before the animosa attack which seemed to be kind of the intent of a lot of the tweet was hey prior to this although it's unfortunate for him that he didn't actually say that that this had been in the works seven months before the Anamosa attack, nine months before the state legislature passed this funding. So I landed on for this part in A, considering that it is rather straightforward that, hey, he said that there were some protesters, few threats, and all the data that's available points to that.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that Great. It's just interesting to me that he, he chose to point to the fence as kind of like the reason maybe for Reynolds' negligence. I don't know, because I, I feel like to Reynolds' credit, though, I mean, there have been a lot of threats on government officials over the past year. And I mean, we, we know in Michigan, a governor was almost kidnapped apparently before FBI put a stop to it. So, and I think in Iowa, there was an individual charged with Running Governor Reynolds, so I think
0: there was, yeah,
2: yeah. So it, I, I guess to Governor Reynolds' credit, like it seemed like there was a, a greater need than before for some sort of security around her residence.
1: And the federal government had um, recommended it in the past, so it's not like, you know, Reynolds is is kind of being a prima donna and saying, "I want an expensive fence." You know, I mean, yeah, right. It's like good caution. Yeah. And I'm sure it will be very taste. I'm sure it will be very tasteful for four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'll make sure to add something to the check here that points out that this was something that was federally recommended and these types of measures are in place at a lot of other states.
1: Yeah. Good plan.
0: Marissa, what do you think about this part?
3: Yeah, I mean I agree. Um, but I'd also add that like to to the point I think Sand was trying to make, you know, so we're spending 400000 for a fence to protect the governor, but then, um, you know, looking at the $20 million funding increase, um, like what I calculated was it would take, you could buy 50 fences um, to, that would be equal to the increase of $20 million to fund the DOC. Um, you know, so I think he's pointing out the kind of inequities there, of one governor versus like all the, prison staff and, um, prisoners that the DOC, you know, budget kind of funds. Um, but yeah, I mean,
1: okay. So speaking of math, I was just, um, taking 20 million divided by 7,500 inmates. And that comes out to be about $2,600. Um, so, you know, but that's not quite apples to apples, but
2: Sure, but still significantly less than a four hundred thousand dollar funds.
0: Yeah, four hundred thousand versus oh now I can't remember that number. I haven't had my necessary coffee today. Two thousand something, right? Yeah, yeah twenty six hundred
1: dollars. But you know, like um, protecting the governor is more than just I mean, not that protecting one person's individual life isn't worthwhile, but it's more than that. It's protecting the um, the seat of Iowa government. Um, it it's uh, protecting in a way, you know, as as the leader of our state, she is kind of the primary figurehead. And it, I think there's additional value to that of making the governor's residence be secure.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. So it sounds like we are all in agreement on A for part three of this claim.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: So then with two A's and one D, and this took a little bit of math myself here, back to old GPA calculating days. So that would average out to a B overall. And I mean, the officer safety concerns that San mentioned are based in fact, that $0 number right after the state legislature okayed a $20 million check requires ignoring some facts. Now, details about the Terrace Hill fence are also accurate. So between those two factual statements and the one that really is quite a stretch from fact, that makes sense in terms of the B overall to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's how we have done the grading in the past, and I think it's good to be consistent. I almost feel like it's might be worth noting in the check that sand kind of got lucky that we were able to check all these other (laughs) elements of it because the zero dollars is really kind of um, you know, it, it attracted attention um, from Mm -hmm. others, you know, on, on Twitter um, and, you know, but, but averaging out with the other statements um, I, I think the B is legit.
0: Yeah, it's a good point that if Mm -hmm. the first statement or the third statement, if those were a little different and weren't verifiable, we would be only checking either two or one part of it. So that's the difference between an A and a D would be most likely a C overall. And then just a D alone is, well, obviously a D. I didn't need to do any math for that part. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like we have another fact check coming up in the hopper. So I will pass this over to Marissa to talk about that one.
3: Okay. Basically the gist of the, the next one, Senator Chuck Grassley tweeted about gas prices. I believe he said that they're at a seven year high and, you, you know, he's kind of taking aim at the Biden administration, um, gas prices under Biden. So we'll be checking that
0: for next week. And of course, as always, if you are listening, or even if you're only kind of listening, and have a check for us, you can reach us at factchecker at thegazette.com. Again, that is factchecker, no weird capitalization or punctuation or anything in that, at thegazette.com. Our fact checks are edited by Craig Jamolis. Our podcasts are edited by Stephen Colbert. And the lovely music that you hear at the beginning and the end is Lobby Time by Kevin MacLeod. I'm John Steppy.
3: I'm Erin Jordan.
2: I'm Michaela Ram.
0: I'm Marissa Payne. And we will fact check you later.